Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone uh, in the United States, except for Californians. Also, those across the world, and maybe in the evening, my name is Kennard Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today is uh, July 10th, 2010. I encourage and implore you to go to Infowars.com to get, uh, well, I guess uh, to say this um, lightly, the real news, um, because CNN and Fox and these other media outlets or mediums or media don't really tell you what's really going on in the world. Uh, You have to go on the Internet to find this information out, just like uh, God prophesied to Daniel. If you look at Daniel chapter 12, about these times of the 21st century, Daniel chapter 12, uh, verse 4, states, following, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, the, the prophetic book of Daniel, even till the time of the end, and colon, continue the thought, many shall run to and fro. That could mean rapid transportation, but it also means that people are going to be seeking to find what it says here. Knowledge shall be increased. So um, that really is, when you look at everything, you look at the world and, and how we get communication today and information, It definitely has a lot to do with the Internet. The Internet, you can type anything you want, and I mean anything, and you can actually find out or discover what uh, you're looking for online. You really don't have to depend on the libraries anymore like uh, we used to in the um, the 20th century because uh, all types of information is online, including Wikipedia. Why am I telling you all this? Well, because if you want to find out what the truth is, uh, in reference to the Bible, you can find that out now. You can find that out. As prophesied, people are going to be searching for the truth. And I really encourage and implore you to listen to what I have to say today, and I encourage you to listen to my program every week because uh, I am a lover of the truth. The truth is the Torah, the teachings of God. And that's, in, that's found in Psalm 119. Let's go there. 142. Psalm 119, verse uh, 142, states, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, or oh, that, that word law in the original Hebrew means Torah, and it means uh, the teachings of God, and which includes his commandments, is the truth. 
So that's the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and you're going to be able to find that in the Bible, and also you'll be able to find other Torah teachers that teach uh, the truth online. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them, and uh, you can reach me through Blog Talk Radio. So anyway, um, I don't have time to really go over what's going on in the world <laughs> other than to tell you that things are going exactly as what God has stated in the book of Revelation, in particular the third seal, which uh, is alludes to um, inflation. We are experiencing worldwide inflation, and where our and inflation has a lot to do or is in line with or related to unemployment. There's rapid un uh, unemployment all over the world, uh, in particular in European countries right now, and it's spreading over to the United States. So uh, the third seal is definitely happening as I'm speaking. I don't know how long the third seal is going to last. None of us do, but it's, it's, um, it's happening right now. That much I can tell you. And look at InfoWars.com because Christ did tell us in Luke 21, verse 36, to watch and pray that you may be able to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. All right, so thief in the night and the day of the Lord. They are linked together. So let's, let's go over a little bit about what I went over last week. This is some recent revelation that I have received from God in reference to understanding what's going to happen when... Yeshua lands his feet on the Mount of Olives. I really thought that, well, I originally thought that when he lands on the Mount of Olives, uh, he would punish the nations and there would not be a, uh, what the Bible describes here, a great melting or burning of people who aren't righteous. But uh, according to the scriptures, that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to, the whole earth, it appears, is going to burn like an oven. And those who were not righteous will be burnt up. That's what's going to happen now. There's going to be a future resurrection in the future in uh, Revelation chapter 20, and they're going to be judged, but they're not going to be burnt up right away. But it appears that uh, the scriptures are indicating when he comes back that he's going to just totally burn up the wicked as soon as he comes back. And I don't know if that's being taught by hardly anyone. I'm sure, I hope anyway, somebody has uh, understood it that way because there's plenty of scripture proof to prove that. Anyway, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 5, states here, uh, well, actually, I need to go to verse 4 here, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith. So we, we all have to, those who claim to believe in God, uh, we, we have to have faith and patience and all our persecutions and tribulations that we endure. And, you know, we... If you're choosing God's way, you're going to have problems. So you shouldn't be surprised at that. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. It says, Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. So sufferings involved in this. Verse 6. Seeing it a righteous thing with God to recompense or avenge you, a tribulation to them that trouble you. So anyone that troubles you, remember, anyone that persecutes you because you want to do things God's way, and I mean anyone, they will get it. It says he's going to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, talking about his second coming, and flaming fire. So he's going to appear in flaming fire. Fire has a lot to do with the judgment of God, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it seems to be a perfect tool or one of the tools, anyway, that he's going to use to judge people, one of the major tools. Verse 8. And flaming fire 
taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this, this judgment is going to happen when he comes back. He's going to use fire to judge people. Verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And that means everlasting destruction means everlasting destruction. They are going to be destroyed. Verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because a testimony among you was believed in that day. All right, and then Zephaniah, I went over other scriptures. Let's listen to my other Bible study last week. I went into detail about the fact that the Bible proves that when he comes back, there's going to be, the earth is going to be burnt up and the wicked works in it. It's not going to be destroyed, but burnt up, purified of wickedness. Um, Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8 is another scripture proof here. Therefore, wait ye upon me, says the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour out them mine indignation, all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Okay? Fire has a lot to do with this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, obviously. Uh, fire. And then and, uh, let's turn to... I think it's third Peter. Let's see. No. Uh second Peter chapter three. Let's start in verse eight so we can understand the uh actually verse seven here. In verse seven I understand the context. But the heavens and the earth Second uh, Peter chapter three verse seven. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition or destruction of ungodly men. So the fire is going to destroy ungodly people. Verse eight. But be, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing: that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises; some men count slackness, but is long-suffering or patient to us, not willing that any should perish. Perish means you. Be destroyed, you won't live again. But that all should come to repentance, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. So the thief in the night has something to do with the day of the Lord, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And to which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. That's what it says. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons you ought to be in all holy conversation. And that word conversation means conduct and uh, godliness. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the God, wherein the heavens being on fire, so even the sky is going to be on fire, shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So, you know, when Christ comes, he's going to come and he's going to destroy those who continue to be wicked with fire. That's what it says. I'm going to prove that to you here. And and this is what Malachi talks about here. Let's turn to Malachi chapter 4. I have a better understanding of this now. Malachi, Malachi, not Malachi, Malachi. <laughs> chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, and I'm in my program with this for a reason, to hopefully wake some folks up. Uh, Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that shall leave them neither root 
nor branch. And in verse 3 it says, And you shall thread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet, and the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. So it's going to be some bad news for those who still, after seeing all this, all the destruction that I'm going to talk about today, and they still don't repent. All right, so Matthew, let's get into more detail about what's going to happen immediately when Christ comes back here. Matthew chapter 24, and lands his feet on the Mount of Olives. Matthew chapter, which is across from Jews, uh, from the temple, the temple mount. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 42, states this. It says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour, or you don't know the exact instant, when your Lord does come. Verse 43 of Matthew 24, But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief, here we go again with the thief in the night uh, concept, watch the thief or come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. Verse 45, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat and due season? Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods, but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming. And God considers that evil, ladies and gentlemen, when you think he's delaying his coming. You know, he he's going to come at the time that is right for him to come. And he knows better than us when that time is. So in verse 49, And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken, Verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he's not aware of. And why? Because he, what? He smote or smited his fellow servants, and he began to eat and drink with the drunken. So he began to party hardy, party hardy, hardy, hardy. And he didn't, or she didn't, know when or didn't have a clue about any end-time events. In verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him. So in other words, he's expecting us to look for him. And in an hour that he's not aware of, he's expecting us to be aware of some things. Verse 51, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now what does this weeping and gnashing of teeth mean? What is that talking about? What is that symbolic of? Well, let's turn to Psalm 112, verse 10. Psalm 112, verse 10. Psalm 112, verse 10. It states that the wicked shall see it and be grieved. Well, let's go to verse 9 here. He has dispersed, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. And in verse 10 it says the wicked shall see it. He's seeing the righteous being exalted with honor. And be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. So when you ever see that weeping of gnashing teeth, that's referring to the wicked being destroyed, melted away. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 46. It says, The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him up in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. This is another 
version of the uh, Matthew uh, scripture that I read to you. Verse 47 of Luke chapter 12. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, we're supposed to, Lord, we're supposed to know God's will, his, his word. That's what we're supposed to know. And if you, if you can't consider yourself a, a true follower of God. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared himself. So if you know his will, you're going to prepare yourself for him to come. Whether you die tomorrow or you're, you're alive until the day he comes. And prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. So those who knew better are going to be beaten with many stripes. You're not going to get away without being punished. That's what he's saying here. Verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. These are people that didn't know. They were ignorant about certain things, and they didn't know. They'll be still beat, but they'll be beat with few stripes because it's not fair to punish somebody if they didn't know that they were doing something wrong. God is a fair judge. It's not, it's not fair to punish him with the same intensity. Okay, and he says, But he knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. So whatever you know is going to be required of you to execute that. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Verse 49. And many people don't understand this. That's why I'm, I'm reading this today. I am come to send fire on the earth. He says, I am come to send fire on the earth. Now, did he send fire on the earth at his first coming? No. That's going to happen at his second coming. I mean, many people say, well, spiritually he did. Well, yes, he did through, uh, in Acts chapter 2, people received the Holy Spirit of fire on the head. But this is talking about a different type of fire here. Okay, let's, let's understand what he's talking about here. Verse 49, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? The fire wasn't already kindled. That's what he's t- telling you. Verse 50, I have a baptism or immersion to be baptized with, and how am I straight, straight until it be accomplished? His immersion. What he was talking about is his great sacrifice that that he did for all of mankind. Verse 51, Suppose ye that I have come to give peace on the earth. I tell you, nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. Verse 53, The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father and the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So because of the truth, people will be divided. That's what he's saying. And many people thought that he came the first time for peace. No, he did not. Verse 54, and he said also to the people, when you see a, and this is happening right now, We I read to you, I think, uh, was it last week of the, the other Bible study, that uh, they're predicting quite a few hurricanes in the Gulf, at least seven. And Christ states the following about people who forecast the weather. In verse 54 of Luke chapter 12, And when he had said also to the people, When you see a cloud rise out of the west, straight where you say there come of a shower, and so it is. Verse 55, And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. So he's acknowledging the fact that men have great ability toward predicting what's going to happen in the weather. Verse 56, And he says, You hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? And in verse 57, he says, Yes, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? So he's, he's, 
he's saying, hey, you're really good at predicting the weather. And just like today, this is a prophecy because it applies today as well. But we're not very good at predicting why the weather is happening and uh, the hurricanes are occurring. Why uh, we have great wickedness in the world. Why right now the world is struggling financially. You know, and, 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 he, and God is more concerned about that than you predicting the weather. So anyway, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. If people use all that into in, um, that expertise in, in figuring out the weather toward the Bible, then we would have a, a mass exodus of people repenting and, and turning to God's law. But anyway, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 37. Matthew 13, verse 37. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son. This is the parable of the, the sour, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Verse 37. He answered and said unto them, in Matthew 13, verse 37, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Soweth means plant. Verse 38. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked ones. So the devil has children, and so does God. Many people don't understand that, but there's a lot of children of the devil in the world right now. That's for sure. Very few true children of God. Verse 39. The enemy that soweth them is the devil, or planted them. The harvest is the end of the world, which is about to come here, and the reapers are the angels. Verse 40, as therefore the tares are gathered and burnt in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. So when the end of the world comes, the wicked folks will be burnt in the fire. Verse 41, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. We know what that means now. Whenever you see the gnashing of teeth, think of being melted away. That's what that means. Verse 43. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who have ears to hear or to understand, let him understand. So that, that's what God is telling you. He wants you to understand what's going to happen at the end. And then he states here in the parable of the net, same uh, context here, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, separate the wicked from the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then, of course, in verse 51, he said, have you understood all these things? And I certainly hope you understand these things because they're going to happen, whether you understand them or not. And then Isaiah, chapter 66. Well, actually, let's turn to Luke, chapter 3. How much time I have left? You have to get into the plagues here. Okay. 32 minutes. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. This is what John the Baptist was talking about. He, he was talking about a fire here. Luke chapter 3, starting in 
verse 4, 3 rather. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. It is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Verse 7, Then said he to the multitude that came forth, to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. What is this wrath he's talking about? Well, he's going to describe it here. Verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to, of these stones, raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree which is represented represents a human being in this context. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. And what happens to the tree when it's in the fire? It's destroyed, right? Verse 10, And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that have none, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. In other words, share and care about people. That's what God wants you to do. And there's a parallel scripture here. I'm trying to find it here where he talked about Christ coming and baptizing with fire. Matthew chapter 3. Let's see. Here we go, yeah. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. That's what John stated. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes... I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And for those people that think that that was just referring to fire on their heads in Acts chapter 2, no, he says he's gonna, Christ is going to baptize you two ways, immerse you either with the Holy Spirit or with fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. <laughs> so let's understand the fire part. You know, that, that that's something... Uh, the immediate context, this is uh, in the um, King James Study Bible commentary, the immediate context certainly indicates that to be baptized with fire is a result of judgment. So, okay, so that's that's what that's talking about there. All right? So he's going to either baptize you with the Holy Spirit or immerse you with the Holy Spirit or immerse you with destruction, with fire, and that's what he's talking about. Now, in First Timothy... And we need to learn how to be content with what we have. Let's go back to, to Luke again. Let's follow those principles here. When he stated that you know, we must learn how to give and so forth. Luke chapter 3. And then, and then verse 12 of Luke 3. He says, Then came also publicans to be baptized, and said to them, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than... What is appointed of you, and this has got something to do with money here. That, that's the interesting thing, or money or resources, everything he's talking about here. Verse 14, the soldiers likewise met him, saying, What shall we do? And he said, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. So in each answer, it was linked with money, because how can you get food without money? You know, So everything is linked with money, because God knows that we're concerned about those things. And... Is there any case where we shouldn't be content? Yes, there is. Let's, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
Let's find out what that case is. First Timothy chapter six, starting in verse three. States here, um, verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment or clothes or shelter, let us be therewith content. Verse 9, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and the snare and to many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all evil, which while some coveted are lusted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So if all you're looking at in life is to pursue money, then God states that you will eventually be destroyed in and, and, and destruction and perdition. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3 states this. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and held fast and repent. If therefore... Thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief again, and you shall not know what hour I will come upon thee. So people that say, well, we don't know the day and hour. True, we don't know the exact time, but that doesn't mean that God does not want you to be totally ignorant of the times. And a lot of people today are just totally ignorant of the times. Now, Revelation 16 gives us what he was really talking about in terms of prophetic time in regards to the thief in the night. Revelation chapter 16, starting in verse 12. Now, I want you to really pay attention to this because I don't know I don't know too many people preaching this. Now, I'm going to go over these vials here. Uh, of Now, one of the, the, the vials I'm going to go over now because it, I can't explain what the thief in the night is. is the sixth vial plague or the sixth plague. That's found in Revelation 16, verse 12. And I recently discovered this as I was doing Bible study. I've studied the Bible now for since I was I think 19 years old and 44 so I've been studying the Bible now for 25 years and and uh, I just recently started to understand this I think for the past couple of years uh, Revelation 16 verse 12 and the sixth angel poured out his vial or bowl upon the great river Euphrates that's where Iraq is located today and the water there was dried up that the way of the kings of the east, east of Iraq, might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Verse 14, for they are spirits of devils working miracles. So we have proof that even the demons can produce miracles or, and, and work miracles, de- deceptive miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, or the day of the Lord. Verse 15. Behold, now, at this particular point in prophetic history, future history, this is what Christ says. Verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, that he walk naked, that not he walk naked, and they see his shame. So he put the timing of the thief in the night at the sixth bowl plague. Right here, verse 15 of Revelation 16. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth 
and keep of his garments, that night he walk naked, and they shall see his shame. So even though he comes as a thief, right around the time that the seventh vial is executed, he expects his servants to not be surprised at this coming and to be prepared for it. Okay? So that I just wanted to point that out. They're about the thief of the night. The thief of the night is referring to his coming, his second coming, landing on the Mount of Olives. And when that and when he comes, he's going to destroy by fire all people that oppose him. That's what that's talking about there. Sure, there's going to be blood spill, but along that blood spill, there's going to be a great burning, a purifying of the earth, of wickedness. And that's what the Bible clearly indicates. All right. So let's go over the plagues, starting in the book of Revelation here. As I stated earlier in this Bible study, I've, I've gone over the seals. I've gone over the trumpets and the seven trump, because the seven trump is very significant. And then I'm going to go over the plagues. So... When you want to remember the judgments of God, you have to remember STP, seals, trumpets, plagues, seals, trumpets, plagues, seals, trumpet, or trumpets, rather, plagues, STP, S as in snake, T as in Tom, P as in Paul. So that will help you to understand the judgments of God. And they're all different. They're not all the same as some preachers are preaching. So... Uh, Revelation, now I went over uh, Revelation chapter 7, and that it's, a, it's a pause because God is going to protect those people, that um, a significant amount of people at that particular period of time. And it also talks about those who came out of tribulation. I don't know if that's referring to those being protected or those who died during the tribulation. That's, that's another Bible study in itself. But nonetheless, it talks about people who finally got the message, but they or unfortunately punished during the tribulation to get the message. And they finally uh, washed their robes clean. In other words, that's another saying, for they repented and they started to start obeying God's laws. So anyway, so let's go over what these plagues are here. And when the seven trumpets sound, the resurrection occurs. And right before the seven trumps sound, and as I, as I showed you in Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses were taken up. They were resurrected and taken up to heaven. And then shortly after that, the seven trumps sound, and the rest of the dead were raised first. And then those who were alive were taken up also to heaven. And I proved that to you uh, last week. And also you can listen to a Bible study in the archives about the rapture. Is it before or after the tribulation? I proved without doubt through the scriptures that is after the tribulation. So anyway, they're taken up into to heaven, and they're there in heaven, okay? And I'm going to prove that to you here, uh, starting in Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, it's not talking about the Mount Zion on the earth, and with him 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. Verse 2, and I heard a voice from heaven, as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and he sung, as it were, a new song before the throne. So the whole focus is, is heaven here. And before the four beasts and, and the elders, and no man can learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they from the earth. That's a key phrase there. 
These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which fouled the land wherever he goeth. These are redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So they are before, uh, without fault before the throne of God. Verse 6, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, preaching the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred, tongue, and people. So, to preach the gospel around the world to approximately, probably at this time, probably over 7 billion people, were actually, at this particular time, is not going to be 7 billion people. It's going to probably be half the population destroyed almost, but still, it's going to be in the billions. How can one man do that unless he gets help from God? Well, the answer to that uh, is he's going to do it through the two witnesses, but he's also going to do it also through an angel. And it states here in Revelation 14, verse 6, and this is after the seven trumpets sounded, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, the good news, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people. So miraculously, everybody's going to hear the good news. What's the good news? I went over that last week. The good news is that we all have a chance to become immortal, to become a spirit being, and to be like our Father in heaven, and like our great elder brother, Jesus Christ, and Yeshua Messiah. We have a chance to live forever. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the good news is, if we just obey him. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him. How do you fear God? How do you fear God? Proverbs 8, verse 13. Let's turn there. Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8. It says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. So back here to Revelation 14, verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third is going to be three angels trying to warn people in the world at this time that it's still wicked to repent. Verse 9, And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and shall be tormented with fire. Here we go with fire again. Fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So this is talking about something that's going to happen if they continue to rebel up until the time of the coming of Yeshua. Verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. That means, in Greek, the ages of the ages. And they have no rest day or night. They're not going to have any rest day or night because they're not going to be alive to have it. Who worship the beast and his image and whoever receive of his mark of his name. Okay? Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 66 to understand this, this fire destruction here. Isaiah chapter 66. Link all these scriptures together. Isaiah chapter 66. 
Isaiah chapter 66. starting in verse 23. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. That means all of mankind. Verse 24. Now for those who don't, this is what's going to happen to them. And they shall go and look at the bodies or carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die. It's not talking about them, but the worm that obviously gets on dead bodies. When they're dead, neither shall their fire be quenched. And they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So there's going to be bodies in a dump in Jerusalem being burnt up. And they're going to be burnt up until they don't exist anymore. That's what that's going to happen. Not only at the start of when Christ comes back, but for all those who don't obey him, that's where they're going. They're going to the lake of fire. All right. Now in verse 14. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a, a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap. In other words, you plant it, now it's time to, to get the plants. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Now, what, the, what does the harvest represent? According to the scriptures I just read you, the harvest represents the end of the world. So this is what this is talking about, the end of the world. Verse 16, And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was weak. This is referring to the, the first resurrection, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, this is the first resurrection. Everyone that is righteous is going to be reaped and taken out of the earth and taken into his barn in one of the, the parables. And in other words, that's an allusion to heaven. That's where God's throne is at, throne room is at. Verse 17, And another angel came out of the temple. Now this is the the judgment of the wicked here, which is uh, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire. Here we go again with the fire, which had power. Verse 18, another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire. So a specific angel came out that had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the earth, thrust in the sickle, and the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth, and the gathered the vine of the earth, and cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God, with no doubt uh, destroyed these wicked folks with fire. Verse 20, because this is the angel, This in verse 18 says, another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire. Why would God say that unless this is a fire destruction? Okay. All right, from verse 19, an angel thrust in the sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God which involves fire. Verse 20, And the winepress was throttled without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even into the horse's bridles by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. Furlong. So uh, it's going to involve fire, but also blood. The destruction here. Now, in verse 15, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having harps of God. Now, I know this is, happens to be talking about heaven, where, um, and that's an allusion to, of course, the, the people of God, and they're in heaven right now, as proven by Revelation 14, but definitely proven by Revelation 15. 
And in Revelation chapter what is it, four, I think. Um, in Revelation chapter four is the descriptions of God's throne room, and it states in verse six that a sea of glass is, is near the throne. Re Revelation four verse six, and before the throne a sea of glass like unto a crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So we know the sea of glass is around God's throne. So back in Revelation 15, verse 1, and it's, I saw another sign in heaven, so all this activity is taking place in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Great and marvelous seven angels having seven last plates, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass, which is near God's throne, mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass. So they were standing on the sea of glass near God's throne having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open, And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials or bowls, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple, or no one was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. All right, so... Let's, in the remaining ten minutes here, let me go over the uh, the vows of wrath, or the bowls of wrath here. Uh, Revelation 16, verse 1. Remember, now this happens after the seventh trump. The seventh trump, the seventh seal uh, is the start of the seven trumpets. The seventh trump is the start of the seven plagues. Seals, trumpets, plagues, in succession. Revelation 16, verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials or bowls of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his bowl upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And many people are referring this event to the Gulf. I don't think it really has too much to do with it. This is a future event. But the people that are so crazy about prophecy, I wouldn't say crazy, but excited about it. They are so quick to find a scripture that that is describing what's going on in the book of Revelation. But this definitely uh, is not referring to the golf event. It may have some some similarities to it, but this is definitely talking about an event that's going to happen after the seventh trump, okay, which hasn't happened yet. The resurrection hasn't happened. Let me know if it has, if you see anybody uh, that's a spirit being right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, it states here, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon, uh, and that's sad. And it says, um, the second bowl, or plague, poured out upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul or body died in the sea. That hasn't happened yet. Okay? And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. Now, the third plague that's poured upon the earth 
the rivers and the fountain of waters, they're going to become blood. This is a definitive statement here, and it says, And they became blood. Verse 5, And I heard an angel of the waters say, Heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, thou art and was and shall be. Thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Now I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Here we go again with the fire. The fire plays a significant role in God's judgment, ladies and gentlemen. And men were scorched with great heat, with blaspheming the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. No, no one of these people need to be destroyed. I mean, here God is, is burning them and, and, and causing all this destruction, and they still have the audacity to curse God and blaspheme God. Verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, the headquarters of the New World Order, whatever they're going to call themselves in the future. And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. Instead of repenting, they didn't want to do that. They still blasphemed God. This is how wicked these folks are going to be at this time. And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. I went over this before, but I'm going to go over it again. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the, that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, that he, that he walk naked, and that not he walk naked, least he walk naked, and they see his shame. And you keep your garments, that means you understand, you, you are ready for when this event occurs, if you're still alive at the time. Verse 16, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. That means it's completed. His punishment is completed to um, allow Yeshua Messiah and the saints to, and the angels to land on the Mount of Olives and, and begin rulership of the world and the universe. Verse 18, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. All the cities of the nations fell. So all the cities of the entire world are going to fall. That's what it says here. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give her, unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Verse 20, not only are all cities going to be destroyed, ladies and gentlemen, but every island will fly away or will be fled away. And every island fled away and mountains. So all the cities of the world are going to be destroyed. Every island will be gone and all mountains will not be found. That's how dramatic it's going to be when Christ comes back here. Verse 21, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceedingly great. All right, so 
ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be great destruction upon this earth. That's why God states in, in Jeremiah 18, verse 7, he wants us to repent so that none of these things will occur. But I don't think people are repenting in, in a great fashion here. In Jeremiah 18, verse 7, it says, At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and destroy it, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And this applies also to Revelation 16, where he states that all the cities of the nations fail. If those nations of of what of who he's prophesying uh, will fall, if one of those, if it's one of those nations, and, and the Book of Jonah is a good example, if one of those nations repent, he will not allow that nation to be destroyed, or that or the city of that nation. But people still persist in thinking they know more than God, the majority, and uh, it doesn't appear that uh, this is not going to happen because of that, unfortunately. So in Revelation chapter 17, I'm not going to have too much time here. I've got three minutes. Uh, it talks about uh, in detail who the beast is and who the New World Order is and who Babylon is, and I'm going to go over that next week and then Chapter 18 gives you a little detailed description of the destruction of Babylon at the when the seven vial is thrown. Okay, so Revelation 17 gives you um, some information of who Babylon is, this beast is that's going to be destroyed as a part of Babylon. Then in Revelation 18, it gives you some, a little deep, more, some more information on the destruction of Babylon. Now, and which happens at the seven vial, a seven bowl being thrown out. Now, Revelation chapter 19. As, as Revelation 14 and 15 proves, particularly 15, that those who are resurrected are in heaven at this period of time while the plagues are being thrown on upon the earth. Okay? So let me clarify that. At the seventh trump, the saints are all taken to heaven. The dead will rise first. The two witnesses were, were raised shortly before the seventh trump sound. They were dead, and they were resurrected. They were taken up in the cloud into heaven. If you don't believe me, look at Revelation chapter 11 for yourself. And then the seven trumps sounded. And then that was the time of the dead, also the time of the resurrection. The dead in Christ were raised first. They were taken up into heaven. And while they were in heaven, all the plagues were executed. The seven bowl of wrath were executed. Now, Revelation chapter 19 tells you, in verse 1, it says, And after those things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he has judged a great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and have avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And they again said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up for and ever, for, forever and ever. Okay? So anyway, I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to pick up next week on how when Christ comes back, what's going to happen in detail, and we will talk about some other things too. May God bless and keep you. May God protect you, and I'll speak to you next week. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. 
But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 